Hello and welcome to another week on the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your Back from the Dead podcast recapping episodes of the Vampire Diaries, spoiler free. feel like it's been a while so we should remind you, don't you dare send spoilers to Beth because she has not seen it. You can send me spoilers, but not Beth. Speaking of me, I'm Claire. And I'm Beth, the spoiler free lady. Yes, and today we're here to recap the episode, is it episode 12 of season 3? I think that's right, but I did not write it down. We're we're pros. I'm so <laughs> proud of us. Uh, I am. This I is do a professional know. pod. <laughs> the episode is called "The Ties That Bind." If we were sponsored by, say, Bing, we would be able to afford to quit our jobs and focus solely on this podcast and be true professionals. But until that day, we're going to be very confused and uh, wacky. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We sure are. And you know who else is trying? Bonnie Bennett. Oh, Bonnie. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. This was such a Bonnie, a Bonnie heavy episode. And that made me very, very happy because I love Bonnie and she brought a lot of sass to this episode. It was fantastic. It was such a relief to see Bonnie get her own storyline that did not in any way involve Jeremy Gilbert. I know, she only mentioned him once, and I was like, oh, here we go, but then it was quickly glossed over, and I was so grateful. As well it should be. But of course, it wouldn't be a Bonnie episode without a spooky Bonnie nightmare, fevered witch dream. This show loves a fake dream that you think is real. I feel like they didn't even really try to make it seem real this time. It was pretty obvious it was a dream right away. (laughs) For who, Claire? For who? (laughs) Well, I mean, the first sign to me was that her outfit... She was wearing this, like, white blouse, like, boat neck blouse with a little peplum and pink flowers all over it under a small sweater. And I was like, why is Bonnie dressed in a Caroline costume? Oh. Something's not right here. That's a good And her hair was flat iron, just like Caroline's was last week. Ooh, that's interesting Caroline symbolism, I guess. Um, and also the cheap ass gravestones from last week were there. So I, I didn't notice them was... this time. <laughs> yes, I guess that's where they were. Um, I, I don't know. Or just there's a common cheap ass gravestone theme in this town. But they really look like the ones from the Halloween store, Halloween town or whatever it's called. Yeah, they definitely do. And they were all the tombstones of Bennett witches, including Graham's. R.I.P. Right, I know. Oh, Grams. She got a few shout outs in this episode, too. Yes, I enjoyed that. Yeah, so Bonnie's standing in the graveyard amongst all of her predecessors, ancestors' graves, and she's looking around and then she sees the locked coffin. So the coffin is on her mind and she walks up to it, right? Yeah. And is it me or did it look like a completely different coffin than we've been seeing? It looked like a super shiny, like cherry colored coffin straight from the funeral home and not like the dusty ass whatever that's been in the witch basement. I thought the same thing. I was like, I was like, why is it so clean? I thought it was the same one, but that it was just cleaned off or something. It's but possible. yeah, that was that bitch was shiny, shining in the light of the graveyard. <laughs> So, yeah, that's sign number two, I guess, that this is a dream, that the coffin looks weird. Yeah, the coffin's all shiny and fancy. Bonnie walks up to it, and she's, what what happens first? She's, like, chanting at it to try and open it? I feel like she was just standing there, and suddenly Klaus appears. Yes. He's like, oh, I figured out how, oh, that was the worst British accent I've ever done. I pronounced that (laughs) R like a dumb American. I figured out 
how to open it. Can you? And then he bites the heck out of her neck. Yes. And then it cuts to black for a second and she wakes up and she's in the coffin with her cell phone, of course. And the cell phone made the the same stupid noise it made when she fell into the tomb that one time. Where it goes, wee, 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 (laughs) to say that she doesn't have a signal. It made me laugh so hard. Oh, modern technology from (laughs) 10 years ago. Bonnie was laying in the coffin and she's yelling like help me help me get out and then she remembers that she's a witch and she starts doing like a chant in latin to try and get out but it's not working so she starts to get a little panicky but before things get too hairy bonnie kind of snaps awake and we realize that all of this was just a dream ah yes but before she wakes up we see a mysterious figure kind of in silhouette who opens the coffin and is staring down at her uh, yes, the whole plot point of the show that I was just going to gloss over in my summary. That's exactly right. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> but yes, then she does wake up and we're like, oh, it was a dream? How How is that possible? That's never happened on this show before. <laughs> right. So once Bonnie wakes up, she's kind of like a little bit nervous um, in her bed. And then we cut away from her and we hop over to the witch house where she's there but elena's there too elena up until this point has been kept away from the coffins right so stefan and damon are trying to hide them from her because they think if she knows where the coffins are then that will put her in danger because klaus will come after her to find out where they are is that right I think that is what they said, but that's so stupid because <laughs> Elena is the one person Klaus will never kill because if she's dead, he can't make any more hybrids. So really, it's just in this house, we lie to Elena is yeah. the reason. Yeah, that's true. So Bonnie's basically laying it all out there, right? So she's like, we have these coffins. We have four. They're Klaus's family. We have Elijah and two others. And then we have this weird one that we don't know what's in it and we can't open it. Mm hmm. And Elena's like, wow, okay, thanks for telling me, finally, I guess. (laughs) Right, she's like, okay, girl. (laughs) Um, Cool story. (laughs) But then, of course, fucking Stefan just waltzes in, right? So he's like, he's creeping around everywhere in this episode, and this is the first time we see him come in. So he walks in, and he's like, excuse me, Bonnie, I thought we weren't going to tell Elena about this. Now she knows, and he's complaining and grumbling and saying how dangerous it is and blah 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 bonnie's like listen i am the witch in this scenario so i get to make the rules and i need elena's help because i had a prophetic dream about somebody who can help us open the coffin and only elena can help me find her which is kind of bullshit but it's also just like i'm glad bonnie told her so they could have a girl's trip yeah me too it was sweet But she pulls out this picture and is like, I couldn't place her face at first, but look at this. And it's a picture of Persia White and a little girl. And she says, oh, my God, Bonnie, it's your mom. We haven't heard a lot about Bonnie's mom. So I was kind of hooked from this moment in the episode. I'm like, this is going to be good. Yeah, we have not heard really about anybody in Bonnie's family aside from Graham's and like, a couple of brief mentions of her dad not approving of witch stuff. Yeah. But we learn in this episode that Bonnie's mom, Abby, abandoned her 
15 years ago. So if they're 18 now, or at least Elaine is 18, then she would have been like a toddler. So that's why she didn't recognize her right away in the dream, which is sad. That is sad. But Stefan's all salty about everything, but what else is new? I think the next thing we see is Bonnie and Elena sorting through the pictures of everybody named Abby Bennett Wilson. Or was it just Abby Bennett? Because they don't know the Wilson part yet. Yeah, we don't know the Wilson part yet because Elena says that she just went down to the sheriff's office and had the sheriff pull, I guess, PDF exports and then print every picture of every Abby Bennett in the whole country. You'd think the sheriff Wars would be too busy investigating the murder of the medical examiner, <laughs> but this is top priority. I know. She's sitting there with like 400 pages. I'm just like, you guys, there's not a more efficient way to do this. But I guess this was like the Bing days of the internet. So, Well, Bing has worked miracles for them before. Bing was how they found Elena's mom. Oh, that Oh, that's right. That's true. Yeah. Why didn't they start there? <laughs> and Jenna binged it. And Jenna wasn't there to bing it for them. All right, the Aunt oh. Jenna. And Jenna, if only you were here to guide us, we would have saved so much time looking through all of these physical papers. Oh, and she gets a shout out this week, too. She does. Yeah, I love that part. So apparently there was a more efficient way to do it because Damon comes in and he's like, listen up, Abby Bennett Wilson, something, something, North Carolina, something, something. I just went and compelled some people and somehow that made them able to find this information. She went to Mystic Falls High, blah, 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 blah. Right, and it's so funny because I didn't think about the fact that compulsion doesn't really make, like, things just happen. Like, you can convince people to do things, but they would have to have that knowledge first, right? It doesn't make any sense how compulsion got him that. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was, like, they wouldn't give too many details to normal people, and he was like, can you search keywords, Abby Bennett, Keyword, Mystic Falls. Keyword, witch, probably. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, I don't know. But he got it. He got the answer. So he waltzes in like he's all cocky and being super Damon-y. And he's like, who's down for a road trip? Uh, Nobody. Nobody. Luckily, Elena shuts that shit down real fast. She's like, no, this is a girl's trip only. We're going to find um, Bonnie's mom, who she hasn't seen in many years. And you don't know how to behave yourself in public, so you are not allowed to come with. Exactly. And And then I get really pissed off at this part. Because Bonnie's kind of like, hey, guys, what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then Damon is like, we kissed. Now it's weird. And I'm like, excuse me, Damon. Excuse me. You kissed her. And she then told you, we can't do that again. It's wrong. Like, right. Come on. I know. And then, like, this comes up again later, and it's told in a different way, which is also, like, super weird. Like, about, like, who kissed who and, like, their kiss and stuff. Yeah. It's all very middle school. It is. It is. But luckily, Damon gets X'd from the road trip, so we don't have to worry about him interfering with um, Elena and Bonnie time. Yeah, the last time Damon went on a road trip with Elena, was that when he ripped Bree's heart out of her chest? Yes, yep, that was the one. Where were they going, Georgia? Georgia. Yep. Claire, I remembered something. Good job, Brooke and Darren. Brooke and Darren, number one characters. (laughs) And is this then when we go to the Lockwoods? 
Or is um, it Caroline's house? Yeah, we go to Caroline's house and she's just trying to come home from school or wherever the hell she was. And of course, Tyler's there barging in to come and apologize. Yeah. And she's like, what the hell are you doing in my house? Like you basically murdered me last week. That's not okay. I'm going to need some time. But he's like, I had to apologize. I told Klaus no when he told me to bite you, but it just happened anyway. I had no control over it, so I brought him. And who the fuck did he bring with him? Bill fucking Forbes, Caroline's dad. dare he? I know. And then she says, Daddy? And I want to barf. I know. So, Claire, I have a question for you because I didn't want to Google it because I felt like there was going to be spoilers and I couldn't think of a way. So I did not Google Bill Forbes and I couldn't quite remember what went down. Could you give me like a quick refresher on like why he was why he was X'd out of Caroline's life? After he trapped her in the dungeon under the police station and tortured her for some amount of time. She was like, Daddy, I'm going to be fine. Like, vampires aren't so bad. And he says, you're a vampire. You'll never be fine. And then he leaves town. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The The basement torture part was the part that I had forgotten. I knew that he, like, was horrified by her because she was a vampire, but I mm-hmm. didn't remember the torture part. So thank you for you that. You must refresher. have repressed it because it was terrible. Yeah, I think so. It has nothing to do with just my poor memory and... <laughs> <laughs> the trauma of living through everything that happened in the past two years of this world, but <laughs> definitely not. Uh, it was your brain yeah. protecting itself. Oh, and the other thing is before they had that conversation and he left town, she had rescued him from being murdered by, I think Damon at some founders related party. And I think she healed him with her blood and he was like gross, but anyway, he sucks super hard, but she still loves her daddy for some fucking reason. And Bill says this stupid fucking thing. It's like, okay, so Tyler brought him because of that really dumb plotline that didn't make sense where Bill has trained his mind to be able to resist compulsion without using verbane. Yes. <laughs> and so Tyler's like, he will be able to teach me to use my brain to not be sired to Klaus anymore. And I'm like, honey, you barely even have a brain. I'm not sure it's going to work. <laughs> But Caroline's like, why would you help? Like, you hate supernatural shit. And uh, yeah, so he says some stupid ass shit about, oh, Tyler made a mistake and he wants to make it right. And I want to make sure he doesn't murder you. But you, you, call, you can also tell that he's kind of talking about himself and like he made a mistake. I'm like, OK, yeah, way to excuse like your torture of your child and her boyfriend almost murdering her. But we're sorry about it now. I know, exactly. And for, like, him to have to... I guess we could talk about this in Wire Men, but for him to have to, like, use Tyler as a way for him to, like, get back into Caroline's life, like, he could not come forward himself. He, like, had to, like, come up with this, like... Well, I guess Tyler reached out to him, but it's just such, like, a weird fucking, like, elaborate, nonsensical thing that, like, he has to train Tyler and that, like, he knows exactly what needs to be done and that this is his way to protect Caroline... It's just all very bizarre. And it's, he says it in like the way that lets himself the most off the hook and also sounds condescending somehow. (laughs) That guy just fucking sucks. I hate him. Yeah. It's like the triple whammy of like 
toxic masculinity and abuse. It's awful. And, like, patronizing, patriarchal, must protect my daughter. My daughter! Bullshit. Yep. But anyway, uh, as you said, we can get more into that in Wireman, if need be. Yes. At least after we have to see Bill Forbes, we get to go to our favorite hangout, the Mystic Grill, where Alaric is on a date with Meredith Fell. Mm -hmm. And of course, he's trying to get her to day drink, which again, I fully support, but... And they bonded over it last week. They did. They did. But Meredith is like, oh, I can't have a beer because remember, I'm a doctor. Nobody likes a drunk doctor. LOL. So we catch them at the end of their date and she's on her way out and Damon's on his way into the grill. So Damon's going to Damon. Yeah. Speaking of things we're going to have to talk about in Wire Men, this whole conversation. Yeah. This whole conversation. Yes. So for some reason, Damon like doesn't remember Meredith because he's like, ooh, who is that? But I was pretty sure that they had talked at the founders fundraiser bridge party, whatever that was. Did they? Oh, no. She said she was going to go find Damon and hit him up for a donation. Okay. But then Damon got distracted by Klaus and Mayor Carol Lockwood. Okay. So that makes sense then why Damon is like, Alaric, who is this? And Alaric's like, oh, this is Meredith. Like, I don't know if he says like that they they were on a date or whatever. Oh, no. He just said, she's my doctor. Oh, she's my doctor. That's what it was. And fucking Damon says, oh, so what's her damage? And Alaric's like, what? And he says, a girl that hot, that smart, damage. Uh, like, yeah, that doesn't it, even make misogynistic sense. Like, it doesn't. It's just a string of words you put together to sound sassy. But you failed, Damon. You failed. Yeah, and he's like, there has to be some, like, red flags. Like, why could you be both smart and beautiful at the same time? There's no way. But there is a funny moment in here where Alaric is talking about how Mr. Medical Examiner guy said that she was psycho. And this ends up transitioning into them talking about the murder. But Mm -hmm. first, Alaric says, I wonder what my exes would call me. And Damon says, nothing. They're all dead. I did such a laugh at that part. Sick burn, Damon. I almost forgive you for the other shit in this conversation. <laughs> I know. Uh, so good. But yeah, he tells Alaric that animal attack guy is dead. And he is very suspicious of Meredith now. Yeah, he calls. He says that the sexy doctor lady friend is a prime suspect because the medical examiner was murdered um, with a stake. So it seemed like it was almost like a vampire situation. Yeah. So I think that's all we get of the grill in this episode. But at least we made a quick visit, had a quick beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see that klaus is over at stefan's house Mm -hmm. he's just sitting by the fire having a whiskey and stefan walks in and he's like hey man what are you doing here and klaus has pretty much come to say like all right stefan my hybrids are out of town give me my family back yes (laughs) and stefan's like uh that's not how it works i don't negotiate with originals like I've still got all the power in this relationship. And if you do anything I don't like, then I'm going to drop your family in the bottom of the ocean. We've heard it all before. Thanks, Stefan. 
Right. And he's like, maybe you could call me back in a few years, like leave Mystic Falls, call me in a few years. But Klaus isn't having it. He's like, listen, I'm going to give you one more chance. But oh, I forget you're acting like crazy Stefan. And how's that working out for you? Do you even have any friends left? And that hit Stefan in the feels because you could see a little something flickering behind those dead soulless eyes uh, that he actually doesn't have any friends left. So Klaus hit him where it hurts. Yeah, it must have hurt him so bad that he couldn't manage the obvious comeback of like, what, like, you've got so many? <laughs> you just have your sired hybrid army. <laughs> you know what they say, hybrid army and coffin of family members is better than no friends. <laughs> that old, that old tale. I think that was Winston Churchill who originally said that. <laughs> yes. So they're at an impasse again. And then we have to go to the girls road trip where Elena's trying to get Bonnie to spill the dish about, like, her whole situation with her mom. But Bonnie's like, look, I haven't seen her since whenever. I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about how you and Damon kissed. What the H? Yeah, and Elena doesn't really want to talk about it, but Bonnie's prodding a little bit. She's like, oh, was it good? And Elena was like, she says something like, that's besides the point, or it doesn't matter. And Bonnie was like, that means that it was good. <laughs> Too true. Yes. But this fun teenage moment is quickly interrupted because Stefan is blowing up Bonnie's cell phone. And she is looking at it inside of the road, and I want to scream through the TV, put it down, you're going to crash the car. Elena doesn't need any more car-related trauma. Right, that's so true. But at least she doesn't answer it. So Elena grabs the phone and she's like, what? <laughs> and Stefan's like, where are you guys? Like, I don't know. He probably spouts some bullshit about the coffins again. Um, but basically, Elena lies to him and she says that her and Bonnie are going to the lake house, which I had also forgotten about the lake house. But she <laughs> says that they're going to the lake house to like do some more research and try and figure out where Abby is. And Stefan's like, Oh, okay, but we can see that he's holding the PDF printout of um, Abby Bennett Wilson's details. Yes. So he knows. He knows where they're going. He knows what's up. He cannot believe that Elena would lie to him. Yeah. And then we have another phone call. So we, we end this phone call, and then we have another phone call where Daniel, so that's kind of like the king hybrid right so Klaus's right. right hand hybrid man yeah he um, got promoted after Klaus. mindy got decapitated last week <laughs> that's right rising up the the hybrid ranks <laughs> yeah i'm glad that you remembered what happened because all i wrote for this scene was klaus making friends with local civil servants which i feel like is the least important part and i don't remember <laughs> anything else i have no idea what that means um but yeah daniel calls klaus and klaus is pretty much like are we clear on what needs to happen here? So at this moment, we don't know exactly what had gone down, but then we have a quick flashback to Daniel arriving at the Red House, which is where Abby lives. And he knocks on the door and he's like, Abby Bennett Wilson? And she's like, yes, hello. And then he does the creepiest smile I have ever seen in my life. Oh, I didn't notice that I must have been taking notes. Uh, yeah, it is super, super creepy. So basically, we figure out at this point that Daniel was sent to Abby to do something, but we're not quite sure what it is. And he's calling Klaus to give like a checkup. Oh, I think I know why I wrote the thing about civil servants now. 
Because he must have done the same thing that Damon did, and that's how he knew where Abby was. I don't know how he knew that they were looking for Abby, but he must have gone and compelled whoever Damon compelled at City Hall. Right. Okay. That makes sense now. (laughs) I'm relieved that this note I made like less than 24 hours ago finally makes sense to me. (laughs) So shortly after creepy hybrid Daniel shows up and smiles, uh, Bonnie and Elena arrive at the house and they're knocking on the door. There's no answer. But then this rando comes up like, hey, what's happening, ladies? And I feel like this is a good looking man. Yeah. Did you recognize him from anything? I know. I know he's from something. And at first I thought it was Grey's Anatomy and it's not. Um, The things that I've seen him in, he was in like three episodes of Veronica Mars as somebody who I believe was on the basketball team with Wallace. Okay. He was on the second episode of Lucifer as like a psychotic paparazzo murderer. Oh, I guess those were the only two things I knew him from. But anyway, that's him. That's Robert Richard. And did you recognize Bonnie's mom from anywhere? She looked familiar, but again, I don't know exactly where from. So I think she's most famous for having been on Girlfriends. But she was also in two episodes of Buffy and one episode of Angel, but she played different characters on each show. So that was funny. Interesting. My favorite thing that I've seen her in was a cheesy, like, Hallmark, but, like, worse than Hallmark Christmas movie called You Can't Fight the Holidays. Where she plays, like, the evil lady who's vying for the affections of the main guy. And (laughs) it's a genuinely psychotic movie. But, like, more so than most of those movies. But there's this part where she has a line, which, as written, is not on my watch, biatch. Yes! (laughs) But for some reason, she reads the line, not on my watch, (laughs) biatch. And they kept it in. Yeah! And I'll oh never forget gosh. it that moment. But the most amazing fun fact that I learned when looking her up to confirm the title of that beautiful holiday classic is that she and Klaus are married in real life. What? No way. I know. Oh, my gosh. They got wow. married in 2014. She's like almost 10 years older than him. But hey, work. Good for them. Good for yeah. them. And of course, it would make sense to have a woman that's 10 years older than a man play a mother. Um, of their generation, so that's right on point. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, I like that. It's it's cute. They, that I think cute. they met on the Vampire Diaries. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope they have more scenes together then. I honestly do not remember. She is in more than one episode, so it's possible. Good, good. That makes me happy. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we meet Jamie. And he's kind of like, hey, like, what are you guys doing? And he mentions to Bonnie, you look super familiar. And she says, yeah, Abby is my mom. And he's like, well, you guys got to come in. And then he offers them a plethora of odd beverages. He's like, Mm -hmm. would you like some orange juice, some coconut water, some guava melon, something or other? And I'm like, what is this place? Those all sound pretty good to me. And basically, Bonnie is wondering if perhaps she's related to this guy, but he's picking up on what she's putting down and and he's like, no, we're not related. Abby just dated my dad, but he was a super deadbeat. So when we broke up or when they broke up, she actually (laughs) took me in and put me through school and let me total multiple of her cars. That part was a little weird. Everybody's crashing cars on this show. We have, like, a major car crash every single episode. (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's funny when he confirms that he and Bonnie are not related. Elena, like, cuts eyes over to Bonnie and says, good. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. (laughs) I enjoyed Elena in that moment. And then we hear somebody come in and say, Jamie, whose car is that out there? And Bonnie's like, it's mine. I'm Bonnie, your daughter. It's Bonnie. It's Bonnie. (laughs) I wish that she had said, it's Bonnie. So, so do I. So do I. And she makes a, Abby makes a surprise face. She's, she's surprised to see it's Bonnie. Yeah. And they stare at each other dramatically for a while. (laughs) They do. And then we cut to the Lockwood Slave Dungeon, where Bill is chaining up its shirtless Tyler Lockwood, which is an interesting tableau. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is. It is. And like, this scene was just so fucking outrageous. Like, Mm -hmm. it just makes so many, like, illogical conclusions that all of the characters take as fact. So, again... Tyler called Bill so that he could become unsired to Klaus. Mm -hmm. And Bill starts going off about, like, why do you have a sire bond? And it's all because of gratitude. And Tyler's like, well, yeah, of course, because I was under extreme torture every time I had to turn. And Klaus saved me from that. So I no longer have to turn into a werewolf. I don't have to turn at all if I don't want to. So Bill's thing is that if Tyler could stop feeling gratitude towards Klaus, then he won't be sired to him anymore. And yeah, that the he won't way... owe anything to Klaus. Yeah, right, exactly. He won't owe anything to him. And the only way for this to happen is for Tyler to transform or change into a werewolf of his own volition multiple times. Yes, to own his pain. But he he doesn't tell them the plan until he's already chained Tyler up. And he only mentions that he has to do it once at this point. And Tyler's like, "Uh, fuck no, I break every bone in my body and it fucking sucks. I have videos to prove it. Right. And Caroline's standing there the whole time like, I don't know what to think about this entire situation. I know. Same, Same girl, same. And I mean, we all believe Bill because he's the smartest man in the world because he trained his brain to resist compulsion. Yes. And Claire, in this scene, he he says, literally, this is the only way. It's like, how do you know? How do you know? There have never been hybrids before. <laughs> Tyler was literally the first one. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the only way. Oh, overconfident white man. I know, a mediocre white man at his best. This is the only way. <laughs> Um, but Tyler starts to try and change. So his bones are snapping. His eyes are getting all amber. He's like doing the growl thing, veiny bulges and whatnot. I feel like every time Michael Trevino got a script that had a scene where Tyler has to change, he was just like, shit. Like, oh, shit, I have to writhe around on the ground and contort my body into weird ass poses and yell a lot. I'm going to need so many lozenges. Yeah, it's a but, very vulnerable position, if you will, to have to... And he always has to be semi-nude for it. Yeah, although for some reason I feel like he probably doesn't mind that part. <laughs> I mean, he's worked on his body, obviously. Maybe he likes showing it off. More power yes. to him. Like uh, Chris Evans. I always think of this Chris Evans story where... Did you see Captain America Civil War? 
I did. And yes. you know the scene where he like pulls the helicopter out of there? Yeah. And uh-huh. it's like his bulging bicep. Yes. I read that he had asked the directors if he could be shirtless in that scene. Because wow. he really wanted to show up his muscles. And they were like, well, that wouldn't make any sense. So no. <laughs> Guys, I have this great idea for this scene. <laughs> what if my shirt just came off and it's like, you're not the Hulk? <laughs> oh, Chris Evans. So anyway, we leave them in this awkward situation and go to another awkward situation at Abby's house where Elena's just trying to like cut the tension. So she's like, your house is beautiful. And then Abby says, you're so sweet, just like your mom. And I'm like, your mom was sweet. Oh, right. It's like a reverse your mama joke. Yeah. But Alina's like, you knew my mom. It's like she has a daughter the same age as you, and she went to Mystic Falls High. Like, they must have at least passingly known each other. Right. I know. The surprise that she knew her mom was a little silly. It's like every time that Harry Potter meets somebody who knew his parents. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Abby is pretty much like, oh, yeah, I knew your mom. We were best friends, which made that whole scene, like, even a little bit more silly. But Bonnie starts here with, like, the good one-liners. Well, I have a question about that statement, because wasn't it previously established that Elena's mom was best friends with Matt's mom, Kelly Donovan? Oh. I guess Abby said she was my best friend, so maybe... Miranda was Abby's best friend, but Abby wasn't Miranda's best friend. (laughs) That's possible. And I'm like, what kind of asshole was Miranda uh, Summers if she preferred Kelly Donovan to Abby Bennett? Yeah, that's a good question. I want to know her backstory. She must have sucked. Bring her back. (laughs) Prequel. (laughs) Oh, Claire, I would watch that show like a prequel of like the moms living in Mystic Falls in the 80s. Oh, my God. That would be really good. It'd be like the prequel they tried to make of Gossip Girl that never took off. But yeah, um, Bonnie comes in here with a good one-liner, and she's like, oh, so you had a daughter and a best friend, and you still left Mystic Falls? Yeah, burn, Abby. Yep. And Abby's like, here's my shocking secret. I left because she was my best friend, which actually does not track with what she says next. But she says... About 15 years ago, a vampire came to Mystic Falls looking for you, Elena. And I used my magical powers to desiccate him and trap him in a tomb in Charlotte. And Elena's like, Michael. And Abby is not, like, confused or surprised that Elena knows who Michael is. Like, she has no follow-up question. (laughs) Right. She's like, oh, yeah, him. And at this point, all I could think of was at that, like, crypt thing when... The skeleton was sitting with the top hat on for like a hundred years. Oh, the top hat. Oh, uh, still top five moment in the My show. favorite character after Tina fell. <laughs> My favorite after Darren and Tina. Or wait, no, Darren and... Sorry, Brooke, you burnt. <laughs> Darren and Brooke, Darren and Brooke. So like, I have so many questions about this story because... Miranda what must have known about this if they were friends and like Abby makes a mention of like we couldn't do anything to kill him so it must have been the council but the council has been acting like there haven't been any vampires since 1864 nobody has mentioned 1864 in a really long time by the way I know I keep waiting for like a little bit of fl- of a flashback but we don't get them alas 
We will go back to at least the 1860s at some point. Good. At least once that I remember. It's been a long time. But yeah, so it's just weird to me that like there was vampire shit happening when Elena was a kid. And that nobody else seems to know about it. Because wouldn't you think like Sheriff Forbes would have like talked about that after she was in the loop? I don't know. Right. Or her mom would have like told her something instead of trying to keep it secret from her even until like she's 16. It just didn't track with the history of the show. I think it was sloppy writing there. Yeah, for sure. This was definitely like, um, okay, now we're just going to fit this in somehow and like use the existing storylines to explain why the mom went away. Yeah. But the moral of the story is that Abby lost her magic because she wasted it all on Michael. I'm like, who's going to tell her that they just woke Michael up for shits and giggles? (laughs) (laughs) But at least he's dead now. Yes. And then Abby's like, my powers never came back. And then Bonnie was like, and neither did you. So she gets another good dig in here. Um, And Bonnie's surprised because the whole reason that they came here, right, is because she thinks that her mom has the ability to use magic to help them get the damn coffin open. And when she finds out that she doesn't, that Abby doesn't have her magic anymore, Bonnie's pretty much like, we got to peace out because you have no magic. You can't help us. Yeah, you're useless to us. Bye. Yep. But Abby stops her from leaving and Elena's like, this is awkward. I'm going to give you guys a minute and walk around outside in my terrible outfit. Is this the one where she's wearing like the brown cardigan? Yeah. So she's wearing a skirt that's like made out of cargo shorts material, but like a cutoff skirt. And then she has this cardigan that like is buttoned up to maybe her navel and goes down around her hips in a really weird way. And then she has on these knee-high boots, which are fine, but she has knee socks that are visible over the top of the boots. Yeah, it's a lot of very weird, bold layering choices. I just could not take my eyes off of it. It horrified me. <laughs> what horrified me was the size of that like weird abandoned wooden structure that's just in the back of this house. Yeah, is that like, like a garage that they're building or something? I don't know, but it's like bigger than the house because the house like wasn't really that big when they were on the front steps, but who knows? Yeah. But who is out there creeping in the North Carolina sunshine but Stefan Salvatore? And he's like, nice lake house, Elena. Oh my gosh. And I was just remembering when they were at the lake house and Elena was wearing very tall boots in that time also. Oh, yeah. And they had that disgusting conversation about like, this is the future memory. You will look sexy in my grandpa's jacket. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was so weird. Oh, memories. Oh, good times. But now Stefan's being an asshole. Yeah. And Elena's like, I just wanted to give Bonnie some time. Like, I know that maybe it was a little reckless. I don't know why it's reckless. I don't understand this whole thing. It makes no sense. You're right. But I wanted Bonnie to be able to deal with her mom's stuff. And I'm like, good job, Elena. You're being a good friend. Yeah, a good friend. And Stefan's just being an overbearing, predatory asshole, like usual. And speaking of which, we then go to the hospital where Damon is stalking Meredith. <laughs> And, yeah, he's, like, just in the hospital. Like, don't you have to, like, walk through, like, a buzzed door or something to get to this area of most hospitals? Yeah, you have to, like, get a visitor badge. I mean, he can compel people, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. The rules don't apply. 
But what he says to Meredith is that he's just roaming the halls and waving at the newborns. (laughs) Like, poor newborns, that's terrifying. I know. Who imagine like Damon's like creepy smile being the first thing that you see when you're born. Oh my and god! Then you're just like you think you're a vampire. Oh like, no! If... All those babies are sired to Damon now. Oh no! Yeah, like the same thing of when like a bird falls out of its nest and then like it thinks that its mom is the first <laughs> person who picks it up. Oh my god! I want to see that spinoff where it ends up all these kids just Damon has to raise them now. Yes, it's like, like it's cheaper like... by the dozen with Damon Salvatore. <laughs> I was gonna say kindergarten cop, but that's even better. <laughs> kindergarten vampire. <laughs> kindergarten vampire doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, he has come because he has his theories about Meredith, and she's. And of course, he would go to her workplace uh, to address them. Yeah, he takes the direct approach. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm a Lorex friend. Uh, by the way." Did you murder your ex-boyfriend? Yeah, he's not beating around the bush. And she's like, you know, like, I'm still processing it. And she tries to walk away. And he's like, but I saw that you signed his death certificate. And on the death certificate, it was listed that it was an animal attack that killed the medical examiner ex-boyfriend. So Mm. it's fishy. I just love that. There's no way that his death could have been mistaken for an animal attack unless they were like a rhinoceros, like impaled him on its horn. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But that they gave the explanation animal attack to the guy whose job it was to say it was an animal attack when other people got murdered. It's very poetic. Yes, it's very meta. Oh my gosh. And so they go into a private room to have this conversation and Meredith is like, listen you need to step off and Damon's like, I don't want my best friend slash boyfriend Alaric to be dating a psychopath. They're so high maintenance. And I forget how it comes to the point that they're going to, Oh, she says something like, well, maybe you should talk to your friend Alaric about how he came into the ICU and walked out an hour later, perfectly healthy. Right. And he's like, okay, bye. I don't, I don't understand why he leaves at this point, but she gets the drop on him in Vervainson right in the neck and steals yes. his blood. I know. And it all happened so quickly. And this really took me by surprise. I was like, what the fuck? Because I thought that she was just, I don't know. I knew something was like kind of up with her because they just keep putting her in like weird scenes. But I wasn't expecting the Vervain blood draw combo at yeah. her job. I mean, she is a fell. Yeah. We shouldn't be shocked by anything she does. That's true. So, yeah, we see that, like, I guess we leave the scene of where Damon's just kind of, like, passed out and twitching, and she's drawing his blood. So next we go back to the dungeon, where Tyler is still struggling to turn. Um, So he's, like, trying to turn into a werewolf, but he can't quite get it. And he, like, asks Caroline to leave, or she decides to leave the room. Well, she's like... Can't he just rest for a second? And Bill's like, this is my house. These are my rules. And if you can't handle it, you got to get out of here, Caroline. Oh, yeah. And oh, Tyler's like, yeah. yeah, Caroline, leave. And I'm like, yeah, Caroline, leave. Because how many times has a werewolf successfully transitioned in this dungeon and not escaped and, like, mauled somebody? <laughs> right. And they don't even true. have the gate closed. Yeah. They're living on the edge. Yeah. So she does leave. Thank God. Yes, and then, but as soon as she leaves, like, Bill just goes 
like nuclear, he picks up this just giant axe that's sitting there and then starts slicing into Tyler's arms. And but he's it looks like, like the weakest little jabs. He's just like, uh. <laughs> and then there's like a, somebody drew on Tyler's arm with Sharpie and it's like, oh, yes, he's grievously wounded. Yeah, you're right. You would think that Ow. a giant axe Sorry. would do like some more damage. <laughs> no, no worries. I don't think an axe of any size would do any damage if you were hitting somebody with it as weakly. Like, if it was a knife, but, like, the the blade of an axe is not that, like, thin and sharp to, like, cut human skin without some force behind it. True, true. I think that what needs to happen is that Bill needs to do some lifts so he can get as swole as his ex-wife. <laughs> yes, Sheriff Forbes. But basically, he's, like trying attempting to attack tyler to get him presumably angry enough to be able to turn and then bill just takes it to the next level because he's like pretty much like listen you're going to turn or i'm going to kill you because as long as you're sired to klaus you are in imminent danger and i'm going to protect my daughter so turn or i'll kill you my daughter (laughs) Why all of a sudden does he care about Caroline? That's what I don't understand. Only I'm allowed to inflict bodily harm on my daughter. Yes. Ugh, gross. Yeah. It's fucking stupid, and I hate it. So, cliffhanger there for a minute. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Is Tyler gonna get axe murdered, and that's how his plotline ends? I wish that that would happen. (laughs) That would be wild. Who do you root for in that situation? I mean, I have to root for Tyler versus Bill. Right. Like, it's not his fault that he's sired. But anyway, we then go back to North Carolina, where Bonnie is basically like, why didn't you ever come back? Like, the threat was gone, whatever. Right. And Abby's pretty much like, listen, I was a person. I had no magic. I was in a new city. I was feeling like a new person. Um, I wasn't Abby Bennett, the witch anymore. I was Abby Wilson, an independent lady. Part two. Um, part, <laughs> part two. There you go. And she was pretty much like, listen, I didn't come back because I knew that you had your grams and she was way better at raising you, way better than this stuff than I am. And Bonnie's kind of like, oh, you don't know. Yes, and they have an eyeball conversation, and Abby understands that Grams is dead, and is like, how did that happen? And we rehash the story of the tomb, and Grams' tragic death. And Bonnie has, like, a single tear rolling down her face. It's so sad. It is so sad. I was also, like, shocked at the fact that Abby was, like, so surprised that Grams died. Like, I know she wasn't that old, but, like, you haven't been around for 15 years. Like, did you think this grandmother was going to live forever, especially, like, in, like, as a supernatural, like, witch who's involved in this kind of thing? I don't know. She just seemed very, very surprised. Yeah. But she wasn't surprised that, like, Bonnie knew about vampires or that Bonnie was a witch or, like, any of this stuff. Right. So Abby's like, oh, well, Grams obviously did a good job. She'd be proud of you if she could see you now, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, as we know, Grams is watching her from the other side, and she is proud, I'm sure. Yes. And Bonnie appreciates that, and that's kind of like the first tender moment that the two of them have. Mm-hmm. But then Abby's pretty much like, so, like, why did you actually come here? And then Bonnie lets her know, like, about the dream and that she thought that 
Abby would be able to help them open the coffin. But Bonnie says, you know, if you don't have magic, then I don't think you'll be able to help us. Um, And Abby's kind of like, oh, well, there are lots of like earthly herbs that I could still use or something. And Bonnie's like, "Uh, no, I don't know about that herb stuff. Maybe if you rub your magic weed on the coffin, it'll open. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then we go back outside and Elena and Stefan are still arguing. And does he like yell at her or something? Yeah, he yells at her and he's like, this is why he's like blaming her for like the situation that they're in and he's like this is why I didn't want to involve you mm. and then he like kicks a chair across this like right. weird barn garage wooden structure and then that captures Jamie's attention who was in the upstairs of this wooden thing <laughs> um, and he comes downstairs and he's kind of like what's going on here and Elena's like honey you don't want any of this mess like go back inside <laughs> just trust me <laughs> just leave He's like, I can't leave. Somebody's harassing a lady. And he gets up in Stefan's face and Stefan's like, I'll choke you until you're dead. Or he starts to choke him and says he's going to murder him. Something about choking. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, listen, man, get back upstairs. Listen to her. And Jamie just won't. Or no, he does. He goes back upstairs for a second, but he very quickly returns with a gun. Yeah, big-ass shotgun. Yeah. And Stefan then realizes that Jamie is compelled, and that's why he didn't listen to Stefan when Stefan tried to compel him to go upstairs. Yeah, and then Jamie shoots Stefan in the chest (laughs) with buckshot. Yes. And Elena's like, yikes. Yeah, and then he ties up Elena to, like, one of the wooden poles in that garage thing. And this is where we get, like, a really good view of her whole outfit. (laughs) A good view, if you can call it good. good. And inside, Bonnie hears the gunshot and is like, oh my god, what's going on? And she starts running out the door. And Abby pours some magic weed into her hand and uses it like chloroform to ruby her own daughter. I know. And then Elena... escalated so quickly. Elena outside sees Bonnie getting dragged into a car unconscious by her mother. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? This is just like when I met my biological mom and she was compelled to do something or other. Or like her, no, when she went to visit her mom's friend, who then was compelled to kill herself or whatever by the man witch. That was fucked up. Yes. Memories. It all comes back to old episodes. Good times. Yeah, so basically, like, Jamie tied up Elena, Stefan's, like, bleeding profusely and in in agonizing pain because he's been hit with that wooden bullet, and Bonnie's getting dragged into the car. Elena's like, why why are you doing this? And he's like, I don't know, I just know that we need to find out about some coffins. Oh, yeah, the coffins. It all comes back to the coffins. They're the new very important crystal slash moonstone slash Gilbert device slash compass slash whatever, whatever, whatever. (laughs) The new talisman. Yes. And then I think we go back to the dungeon where Tyler's advancing toward the late stages of his transformation and Bill's just standing there like he is not vulnerable to wolf teeth slash claws. Right. And Tyler starts yanking on his chains. And surprise, surprise, he yanks one of the chains out of the wall because they're not strong enough. 
that apparently no chains are strong enough because he keeps on having this happen to him and doesn't get strong enough chains. Literally every time. Why didn't Bill think of this in his grand plan that is the only way? He's so smart. You'd think he would know how to research tensile strength of chains. Right. Maybe it's not the chains that are the problem, but like you can't really get a good anchor in a rock wall. Right. Like a hundreds year old rock wall that's like all crumbly and shit. Yeah. Just stupid people being stupid. But Tyler's like, you gotta go now. I'm changing. And you see like a close up of his leg turning hairy. (laughs) I know. That's so weird. It's like they didn't have the budget to like actually show him changing. So the like the last like thing you see is his leg getting all furry. And then we get this like horror movie camera of like Bill trying to run away. But it's like Tyler Wolf point of view. Yeah. Just launching onto him. And I'm like, kill him, kill him. (laughs) Get him, Tyler. And then, so we don't know what Bill's fate is at this point, but then we cut over to two cars just sitting on the side of a dark road. And one car has Daniel in it, and the other car has Abby in it with Bonnie passed out in the back seat. So Daniel um, comes out to talk to Abby, and he's pretty much like, I need you to tell me where the coffins are immediately. So then I guess Abby wakes up Bonnie or something and she's like, listen, Bonnie, your powers are muted by the magical witch weed that I rubbed in your face. You need to tell me where the coffins are. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And she says, Daniel compelled Jamie. And if we don't find out where the coffins are, he has to kill himself. And Bonnie's like, I don't fucking know Jamie. I don't care. I know. She's also, like, this, this is, is bigger than this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it was Elena, she would have been like, oh my God, the coffins are there. But Jamie's cute, but she doesn't know him like that. I know. Exactly. And she's also but... kind of jealous of Jamie because he's got her mom as his mom now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While Abby is like talking to Bonnie about the coffins, she's also like secretly texting Mm -hmm. on her phone and it says warn your friends and she shows that to Bonnie. And I think what we're supposed to get from this is that Bonnie then uses the phone to text Damon. Yeah. I'm like, Bonnie has Damon's phone number memorized because he wouldn't be in the contacts on this phone. Right. That's interesting. Interesting. Maybe that's a witch power so you can just remember everybody's phone number. Probably. The only phone number I can remember offhand is, like, my mom's home phone, because it's the phone number that was, like, our our house phone when I was a kid, and people knew each other's phone numbers. Yes, that's, like, the only phone number that I know is my childhood phone number, and I actually know Mike's phone number, my husband, as well, because I'm always, like, filling out, Mm. like, emergency contact forms for my son, so I know my phone number and his phone number, but that is it. (laughs) Oh, I know the phone number of my mom's work. Oh. Because <laughs> I used to have to call her at work. That must have been so annoying. I, if I think about how many times I must have called her at work to still remember the number. And now knowing what it would be like to have to get, like, paged over the intercom because your kid's calling. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I used to do the same thing for my mom. And it was, like, a 1-800 number. And I'd be like, um, hi, can I talk to Kathy? <laughs> And then they would page her, like, over the building, and she'd be like, what? Oh <laughs> so we, I'd probably be calling 
for some like bullshit reason, like mm-hmm. where the chips or yeah. you know something that's important. really important to a kid. <laughs> I try right. to remember that when I hear people talking to their kids on the phone at work, I'm like, yeah, we were all like that. We were, we were. Mom, I was just kidding. You always took my phone calls, and you weren't sassy. <laughs> in case you're listening. Now we can just call their cell phone, so at least they don't have to get paged. Yeah, or a text. The thought of, like, getting paged by your kid at work is, like, such a foreign concept to us now. It's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. So anyway, that whole thing is playing out, and we go back to the weird garage thing where (laughs) Elena is trying to break the ropes binding her wrists against, like, some metal thing on the pole. Mm-hmm. And Jamie comes in and is like, "No, you can't do that. I I'm ordered to shoot whoever is like getting in my way." And Elena's like asking some follow up questions about like what's supposed to happen. He's like, "I just have to shoot everybody. I have to kill Stefan, and then I have to kill myself if it doesn't work." And Elena says, "The most Elena thing ever. What about me?" <laughs> of course, of course. And he says, "I'm not supposed to hurt you." And then Elena does a good move here because she's like, oh, you're not supposed to hurt me, but actually these ropes are super tight on my wrists. Can you come help me? Oh, I'm a frail lady. I'm a frail lady. These ropes are so tight. But in a good Elena move, as he comes closer and he's like fiddling with the ropes, she like busts out of them, grabs the gun and hits him over the head with it. Yeah, that was pretty badass. All of her training sessions with Alaric have been paying off. Yes, right. All of the iron pumping. I think we forgot to mention that in one of the scenes earlier with Damon and Alaric, Alaric was just like lift doing, uh, what do you call it? Oh yeah, deadlifts. Sure, deadlifts. I yeah. don't know. He was lifting, <laughs> I, I literally he was doing the up. thing where you lie down on the table and lift the th- the barbell above your head. I know there's yes. a word for it, but I can't remember it right now. Somebody bench press. It for us. Bench press. That's bench what it press. Is. Okay. Yes. You're so smart about gyms. I'm very into fitness, Claire. <laughs> That's what it, I always hear about you. Yes, a very fit lady. Yes, so I wonder uh, if Elena can lift more than Alaric now. Probably. But yeah, I was like, hell yeah, Elena, you you get it. And then she like goes to look after Stefan. She's like, what do I need to do? And I'm like, if he didn't die from this, like, we, we learned that it was wooden buckshot. So like, mm-hmm. he has all these little pieces of wood in him. I'm like, if it didn't hit his heart, he should be fine. But then he says the words, I can feel, or when I move, I can feel the wood shift inside me. And I'm like, that is what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I missed that innuendo. Thank you for bringing it back up. So he's basically like, you have to take all the little pieces of wood out of my chest. So that, because I can hear, I can feel them scraping against my heart. Yeah. And... Elena being Elena, she doesn't even think that's gross. So yeah. she's like, sure, I'll put my hand into your chest cavity and try and pull out these little wooden spikes hitting your heart. This reminded me very much of a scene in True Blood. I'm bringing it to all the vampire shows this week. You are. Where Suki and Eric and Bill are all at this like vampire party, house party, after they've taken down some like mega church or something. And this douche bro from the megachurch who's really mad comes in and suicide bombs the place. And Eric, who is like, he's the Damon and Bill is the Stefan and Mm -hmm. Bill and Suki are together. But Eric is like trying to get it, get it on with Suki all the time. 
that he has all this silver shrapnel in his chest. And silver has a similar effect as wood on vampires on that show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, the silver, it's it's hurting me. Suki, I need you to suck it out of my chest. Oh, my God. That sounds horrible. <laughs> and so she does and, like, spits it out on the ground. And Bill comes up and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's going to heal and it's going to push itself out of his skin. And it turns out it was all a ploy to get Suki to drink a little bit of his blood because that happens when you're sucking things out of people's chest wounds. And there's this whole thing on that show where if you drink a vampire's blood, you start having sex dreams about them and they can always tell where you are. (laughs) Oh, that. Wow. So Eric tricked her into basically getting a tracking chip and sex dreams that she doesn't want. That's a couple you can really root for. But anyway. Yes. So this wasn't as bad as the true blood version because she used her fingers and not her mouth. Yes. Rated E for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So we leave Elena doing whatever she's doing with Stefan. And now we see that Klaus is over at the witch house. So like you said, Bonnie had texted Damon to let him know that Daniel knew that the coffins were there and that Klaus would be on his way over. Yeah. And so he is there. Klaus comes strolling in and is like, where's my coffins? Like, oh, what a shitty shithole (laughs) you've hidden them in. And the ghosts of the dead witches get really mad and each of them gives him a thousand aneurysms. So what's a thousand times a hundred? That's like a one with a lot of zeros. And that's that's how many aneurysms Klaus is having right now because he insulted the witches. Yes. And I love this part because Damon was like, do not insult the witches. I learned that the hard way the first time I came in here. But he insulted the witches last week and they didn't do shit to him. Yeah. Maybe they know that teasing is his love language by now. Yeah, maybe they understand. But they are not giving Klaus that free pass. And Klaus just like pretty much doubles down. He's like... He's like, there's a hundred dead witches in here, which means that there's a thousand of their descendants and I'll kill them all. I have my hybrids working on ending the Bennett bloodline right now. And if I don't get the coffins, that's going to happen. Yeah, and the witches cut it out immediately. Like all the flaming torches go out and Klaus is fine. Like, wow, they really care about Bonnie. I thought they were still mad at her for resurrecting Jeremy. Uh, I'm still mad at her for resurrecting Jeremy, but the Same. 100 dead witches are more forgiving than me. Yeah. So Damon shows him the three coffins. Mm-hmm. And we learn that Damon was fast enough to get the fourth coffin, the locked one, the previously dream shiny one, out of the witch house and away from Klaus. So all he's stuck with is his three family members. Yeah, who he probably doesn't want to see right now. Right, He's going to just put them in a storage unit with Rebecca. (laughs) But he he starts yelling. He gets up in Damon's face and is like, I will tear you limb from limb and wear your guts as a necklace and set you on fire and probably (laughs) do something to Elena, blah, blah. Threats, threats, threats. And Damon's like, listen up. I know you want your family, but you want whatever is in that lock cop and even more. So I've still got the leverage, buddy, and you better fuck off with that bullshit. Right, right. I love seeing Klaus in this position. He's just so mad and he keeps on losing. He does, totally. 
How embarrassing for him. He's supposed to be like the supreme supernatural being, but he can't get shit. No. All he has is these coffins that he won't open because all his family wants to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So we leave the witch house and then we find that Alaric has now gone to the hospital. Speaking of people interrupting people in the workplace. (laughs) Right? Oh my god. Imagine you go on like two dates with a guy and he shows up at your work without even paging you first. Rude. Rude. And I, so what is he actually doing there? Like he goes there to talk to Meredith because he is worried that she signed the death certificate saying that the medical examiner's death was an animal attack or he didn't know that the boyfriend was dead. I wasn't clear on why he was there. He knew, but the thing he is more worried about right now is that she stole Damon's blood. Oh, oh, oh that. Okay. <laughs> and so he's like, yeah, why would you do that to my boyfriend? That's fucked up. And she's like, I'll show you why stick around as we see somebody wheeled in with like many gaping wounds. And it's Bill Forbes, who yeah. apparently got mauled by Tyler. And did, did it look to you like he had a giant piece of gauze, like, on his chest that was just, like, the blown-up version of what Vicky used to have to wear on her neck? Oh, I didn't notice that. I think I was taking notes at that point because I don't think that I actually saw Bill getting wheeled in. But I did hear a lark say, Bill Forbes? Yeah. So those two plot lines are converging now. Yes. And we hop back to Elena and she's like finishing pulling the wood chip out of Stefan's heart. And he has this kind of like moment of clarity, which is super creepy. And he's like, Elena, you've changed. I can tell that you're stronger and tougher. And then she's pretty much like, I am stronger and tougher. And also, I have to tell you something. What the fuck, Claire? She's like, I kissed Damon. Damon kissed you. Yeah, first of all, yeah, David kissed you. And second of all, why now? This is none of Seven's business. Like, what is the point of telling him? She's like, I need to be honest with you. And I'm like, I secretly hope that she just wanted to hurt his feelings, because that would be great. But I don't think that's what's happening here, because Elena's too kind-hearted. Yeah, I did not get the, the vibes that she was trying to hurt his feelings, because she looked, like, super guilty. And then Stefan has the fucking nerve to like make this like super sad face and then he just stands up and walks away like without saying anything without saying thank you for digging this wood chip out of my heart he just walks away silently and then elena like starts tearing up it's uh, it's so sad it's like weren't you just last week saying like i don't give a shit about you anymore elena yes so Elena tears up and Stefan's had walked away. And then we hop back to the hospital really quick. And it's funny because Bill Forbes is there for an actual animal attack. And we I'm like, find what out. Kind of. Yeah. It was a werewolf attack. <laughs> right. It's a werewolf and animal. Uh, I don't even know. I don't I don't understand these rules. But we find out here why Meredith takes Damon's blood because she injects the vampire blood into Bill Forbes and she explains to Alaric that she does this because she's a doctor but she hates seeing people die and my head exploded like three times yeah and 
Bill was gonna die. He wasn't gonna survive his mauling. Yeah. And I'm like, did you really have to test this on Bill? You could have just let him go. Yeah. Also, girl, you're in the wrong profession if you're working in an ER and you can't... I mean, not that anyone could, like, handle people dying. Like, nobody loves it, but I don't know. It just seems weird. I was reminded of True Blood again here because there's this whole thing on True Blood where if a human drinks vampire blood, it's, like, ecstasy, basically. Like, they get really high. Mm -hmm. And it also heals people, so, like, people use it for that. But mostly there's just, like, a black market for vampire blood that sometimes they steal from kidnapped vampires. Oh. Like, Meredith would fit in really well on True Blood. Yeah, it sounds like it, for sure. But yeah, Alaric's like, oh, I forgive you for everything now. I know. I, yeah, I'm, like, surprised that Alaric was cool with it. I don't know. It just seemed, like, super creepy and weird to me. It's like, it's one thing to use vampire blood to cure people, but it's another thing to, like, knock out a vampire and steal his blood and give it to somebody without their consent to have this medical treatment. Right. And like, what if it's like, what if he didn't? Yeah. If he doesn't heal enough and like his injuries get worse and he dies and like, oops, he's a vampire. Like, come on, Meredith. (laughs) I know. Have them at least sign a waiver or something. Yeah. Understand the risks. You're not taking your medical oath of doing no harm seriously. Yeah. She should not be a doctor. But, you know, nobody is good at their job in Mystic Falls, so she just fits in. She's the one doctor there, just like Sheriff Forbes is the one (laughs) sheriff, and that football coach was the one teacher. Yep, exactly. So I think then we go back to Elena, who has followed Stefan, who stomped off in a snit, and he says, I shouldn't have kidnapped you, and I'm like, which time? Right. Like, so many people have kidnapped Elena so many times. It took me a second to realize what he was talking about. Yes. It was like the car and the bridge. It was too much. It was too far. He's like trying to justify it to himself why she would have kissed Damon. And the only reason is because he took it too far. I'm like, she should probably tell him that it happened before that. (laughs) But anyway, she's like, I didn't mean to kiss him. And blah, blah, blah. And he says something about like, I can't believe you lied to me about going to the lake house and you're kissing Damon. I don't even know you anymore. And it's like, Stefan's really bad at pretending that he doesn't have emotions right now. Yeah. It's like the flip switched back on in him again, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends the scene saying, you're better than him, Elena. You're better than both of us. And then he drives away in his stupid car. His stupid little red beetle or whatever it is. Yep. Feeling all sad. And, I mean, he is correct. Elena should probably not date either of them. But Yeah, I agree. I agree. Then we wouldn't have a show. (laughs) And that would be a tragedy. Indeed it would. So, yeah, Stefan's speeding off. And then we hop over to another car scene where Bonnie and Abby are still standing on the side of the road. And Bonnie seems to have just hung up the phone and she's like, oh, Elena should be here to pick us up any minute. And then they get into a discussion kind of about like everything that went down with like the compulsion and Jamie and correct me if I'm wrong, but Bonnie is pretty much like kind of implying like why did Abby care so much about Jamie potentially dying because he's not even her family. That was kind of rude. Yeah, very rude. And credit to Abby, she's like, listen, you're not going to want to hear this, but he is my family. Like, 
Yeah. I care about you, too, which is why I, like, did the secret phone trick and why I want to help you now. But, like, Jamie and I are tight. Yes. And she does say that it, yeah, like, it doesn't mean that she cares for, like, Bonnie any less. Yeah, I don't know how they, like, get to talking about it. But, again, it kind of, like, gets back to the fact that Abby did leave Bonnie. Mm -hmm. And then... I guess Abby like kind of spills the beans that her magic didn't disappear because of what she did to Michael, but that it seems to have slowly faded over time and that the farther and longer that she stayed away from Bonnie, the weaker Abby's magic got. Yeah, she says, nature was punishing me for abandoning you. Yeah, I have qualms about that, which I want to talk about in Why Are Men, because Ooh. although it's not specifically man related it's like i feel like i know where you're gonna go yeah (laughs) i'm excited to get to that (laughs) excited in quotation marks yes uh yeah so she's like maybe you can help me get my powers back and bonnie's like i thought you didn't want that and she's like well it's what you want and i want to help you i want to do this for you right like oh that's sweet and then we go to the hospital again Man, yeah, they were really making about... the most of this new hospital set. <laughs> they were. They're, they had, like, six different, like, scenes there. Everybody um, was at the hospital at some point this week. <laughs> yes. And now Bill's there looking at, looking as right as rain after, like, 20 minutes or whatever the hell. Doesn't anybody question how Meredith's patients heal so miraculously? And why was she, like, so surprised that Alaric was healed when she already knows these secrets? But anyway... Right. She's Tyler's the only late. person working at the hospital, Claire. <laughs> right, right, right. There's, right, no right. One to, there's no one to question. <laughs> so Tyler's like, oh, hey, you're looking better. And Bill's like, yeah, I shouldn't be. He's, like, all mad that he got healed because he hates right. vampires so much. And, yeah, like, I know I was died. just complaining, like, she shouldn't be treating people with vampire blood without their consent. But still fucking Bill. I know. He'd find a way to make a problem out of anything. Yeah. And Tyler's like, I'm sorry for mauling you. Like, I didn't mean to. And then Bill says, I knew the risks, but it was the only way. And I was like, I wanted him to say, I knew the risks, but I had to know you. (laughs) I had to know you. (laughs) And Tyler says he's feeling a little bit more like himself. And like, thanks for doing me a solid, bro. And Bill's like, we're not done. We're going to start again tomorrow. Because you have to keep turning over and over again until it doesn't hurt anymore. Because we might might remember that every time a werewolf changes, it gets a little less difficult. Oh, okay. And Tyler's like, hell no. But Bill says, I'm not going to let you anywhere near my daughter until this is done. I'm like, you don't have the authority to, like, tell Caroline who she can and cannot see. And also, she doesn't really want to see Tyler right now anyway. You dragged her into this. She was right. done. Yeah, she. You're, you're right. She was done. This is a problem of Bill's own making. Yeah. So we leave Bill feeling good at the hospital, Tyler feeling a little nervous about what's ahead of him. And we check on Alaric and Meredith. And they're at Elena's house, which I don't understand. So Alaric has this weird gym apartment, mm-hmm. but he doesn't live there. He just goes there to drink whiskey and lift weights. And he brings his girlfriend to Elena's house. I don't get it. I just assumed all of his weapons would have been at his apartment, but apparently he has a stash at the Gilberts because he's like, I, you told me you're a secret. Now I'm going to show you mine. Look at all my weapons. And I'm like, 
if I was like hanging dating this guy for like two minutes and then he took me back to somebody else's house and was like, here's my collection <laughs> of weapons, I would be running the hell away. Yes. Uh, but she's not quite as impressed by the weapons as she is when he shows her his gaudy ass ring mm-hmm. that protects him. And then Meredith kind of understands that the ring has powers to protect him. And then they kiss. So it's steaming up a little bit over there. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Elena has to walk in right at that moment. And she's like, oops, sorry. I'm getting flashbacks of when I caught you and Jenna making out on the porch. I know. And this is kind of cute because even though Alaric's a pain in the ass, like he's like super guilty and he like kind of apologizes to Elena and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, this is your home. I don't know, like, why I was doing that here. And, like, Jenna used to live here and I don't want to, like, disrespect her memory and blah, blah, blah. And Elena, like, pretty much gives Alaric, like, this super heartfelt message and, like, lets mm-hmm. him know that it's okay. Like, it's time to move on and that she's, like, happy that he found someone and blah, blah, blah. And she says, the minute you slept on that couch, it became your place, too. And, like, you were here for us. You stayed when we needed you. Right. It's like, maybe he'll move into one of the bedrooms now instead of sleeping on the couch. (laughs) Right? There's empty ones up there. Especially now that Jeremy's gone. Good lord. Oh, right. Yeah, take over Jeremy's room. Hang out with his giant bong and his dinosaur figurine. (laughs) And his weird pictures. (laughs) But it is sweet. And then we go to the Salvatores where Stefan comes home and finds Damon. And he's like, well, you're alive, so I guess you got rid of the coffins, or you hid the coffins. Yeah. And Damon says, yes, I did have enough time to get, like, the one locked coffin out. And Seven's like, good choice. By the way, then punches him in the face for kissing Elena. Oh, that's right. Damon's like, oh, guess you and Elena talked. (laughs) And I'm Uh, like, again. physical violence. (laughs) Like, Usually they're punching each other because they love each other, but this time they're punching each other because they both love the same girl, child. Oh no, she's an adult now. She's eighteen. Oh, she is. Thank God. Thank God for all. For all. Oh my gosh. But Damon is not that phased. He's probably still too feeling too pleased with himself because he's like, well, we should talk about this, and he starts waving this dagger in the air, and we're like, what? Oh, that's right, and I knew, I couldn't quite remember what the dagger was in. <laughs> There's so I many pointy weapons. In, yeah, I knew it was in someone, and I was like, uh-oh, where is this going? Yeah, and Seven's like, what did you do, Damon? Yeah. And we go over to uh, Klaus's house under construction, and he's conferring with Daniel about whatever the fuck is going on. And Daniel starts to say something. Or Klaus is like, I still have some unfinished business. And Daniel starts to say, what business? But then suddenly there's a squelching sound effect. And he drops to the floor. Because who the fuck had that dagger removed from them? It was Elijah! Oh my god. And I had to record his line here because... His weird accent is back. And it's yes. like his accent only comes back like right when he's woken up. So he must have to like try really hard to not to like speak in a Midwest accent or whatever or whatever yes. English accent he's trying to do. But uh, this is his big dramatic entrance. Sorry, 
What I miss. What I miss. He's looking good. He's got kind of the like nineties butt hairdo. <laughs> he and does. he's looking a little shaggy, but I just love that he made his grand entrance by ripping somebody's heart out, which is like his signature move. Yes. And it's like, we talk about how Michael and Klaus really like to make dramatic entrances, but that was a really fucking dramatic entrance and I loved it. And not just because I love Elijah, but a lot because I love Elijah and I was so happy to see his beautiful face. I was very happy too. And as a bonus, we also got rid of Daniel and his creepy ass smile. Yes, he was not exactly a compelling character. I will not miss him. R.I.P. Daniel. I will probably never think of you again. I will probably forget who you are by the end of this sentence, because that's just how (laughs) my brain works. Oh, man. He looked kind of like a ginger Matt Donovan. He did, yeah, but like somehow uglier even. (laughs) I don't think Matt Donovan's ugly. He just has an ugly personality. I think he is. Like, I... I, I think he's know. not he's as hot just... as people try to say he is on the show. Yeah. Like, oh, well, his eyes are so blue. Like, oh, wow, blue eye is great. Some percent of the population has them. He just seems like such a doofus that, like, I feel like if you were, like, going to kiss him, his breath would smell like chewing tobacco or something. <laughs> I don't know. He just, like, you gives me, like, cash? that... He just gives me that vibe. Yeah, exactly. He's, like, a cash type from Friday Night Lights. Fair enough. Absolutely. But yeah, that is the end of the episode. What did I miss? Oh my god. Just like that song in Hamilton. <laughs> I'm so cool. I watched the Hamilton like on Disney Plus. So I finally seen it and now know all the references for the last 20 years. Yay. Did you love it? I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it. I kind of hate Alexander Hamilton after watching it. I'm like, that guy yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. Why do we have this whole musical about it? <laughs> uh, I I love Hamilton, and I was also late to the party. I watched it for the first time, like, during the pandemic, so it would have mm-hmm. been, like, probably about two years ago. And I've watched it many, many times since. Mm. But anyway, that was a really good episode. I feel like it was way better than the last episode, because that was the only one that I remember lately. I feel like... This episode and the last one, I haven't liked as much as the rest of the season. Like, they were good, but I don't know. I feel like I've been annoyed by a lot of things. Like, I was really annoyed to have to deal with Bill again. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that storyline was, like, definitely outrageous. I think what I really liked about this episode was how much focus we had on Bonnie. Yeah, all the Bonnie Um, stuff was great. Yeah. So I think that that's what really carried it through for me. And, like, Elena had a good episode, too. She did. She got to be brave and also funny. And buff. Swole, if you will. Super strong. (laughs) So I think that brings us to our favorite um, part of the episode where we get to do our segments. Yes. And Claire, I'm honored to ask you once again, who are you going to punch? Not to be predictable, but I want to punch fucking Bill Forbes. That is a good choice. He just sucks so bad. And, like, I kind of also want to secondarily punch Tyler for bringing him back to town. Right. But Bill is worse than Tyler. He... Absolutely. We're going to talk more about him in Wire Men. So I'll just say, like, I was not happy to see him. He was just as bad, if not worse, than he was the last time we saw him. And I wish that he had not been healed by Damon's blood. Agreed. That is an excellent choice. And that would have been my top pick as well, for sure. 
So oh, who is who is your backup? Uh, who do you want to punch now? It's tough. I mean, I always like want to punch Stefan, but I feel like that's boring to pick in this episode. So I'm going to go ahead and punch Meredith Fell because <laughs> it just like pissed me off the fact that she vervained Damon and then stole his blood and then gave it to Bill Forbes and then had the audacity to say that even though she's a doctor, she really hates when people die. It's just so misaligned with the profession of being a doctor. It makes no fucking sense. Like, go be, like, I don't know, like, any other profession that doesn't deal with the death of humans. There are literally thousands of them. Like, work at the post office. Like, be a kindergarten teacher. That seems to match your personality. Yeah. Like, Although, I don't car- know. Maybe not. Maybe she shouldn't be around children. She likes to surprise, stab people and steal their blood so i take that back that's true yeah i don't know i just it seems off to me and i feel like i have like a feeling that there's something like weird about meredith fell and that she might end up being like a bad guy so i'm keeping Mm -hmm. my eye on her so i'm gonna punch her i like that and i also like like I said, Tyler was my secondary for, like, his role in the bill thing. Alaric would uh-huh. be my secondary to Meredith because if somebody stole my best friend's blood, let alone, like, as we believe, boyfriend's blood, I wouldn't want right. to kiss them later that day. Yeah. Right. I know. That's <laughs> Come on, Alaric. That's all the same day, right? Like, they yeah. don't even have time to get over it. No. I mean, I guess this is Mystic Falls, and, like, Damon has murdered him multiple times, and they're still friends. Yeah. So we can't really judge it by the same standards. I just can't get <laughs> over, like, stealing somebody's blood is such an intense thing to do. That's, it like, is. what Klaus does to Elena, and everybody's mad about it. Right. But when Meredith Fell does it, it's all of a sudden okay, because it's in the name of saving fucking Bill Forbes. No, thank Blech. you. Yeah. Ugh. Lots of punchable people this week. Definitely. But who you want to high-five? Oh, this one's easy. I'm going to take it. I'm going to high five Elijah. Yes. Um, I was so happy to see him back. And I wasn't really, I mean, I guess I should have been expecting it because all signs like pointed to the fact that some of Klaus's family is going to come back because he has mm-hmm. like the coffins and whatnot. But I didn't think it was going to be Elijah. And he's looking good, feeling sprightly, killed mm-hmm. Daniel. So he gets the high five this week for me. Yeah, I I knew that Elijah was going to wake up at some point in this season, but Mm -hmm. I had no memory of, like, how or when it happened. And so when Damon had the dagger, I was like, who, was it Rebecca? Oh, wait, no, they didn't have Rebecca's coffins. Oh, my God, is it? Can it be? So, like, I was even surprised because it's been so long. (laughs) Because I haven't been rewatching any of the show since we last recorded. So it's been many years since I've seen these episodes now. You're, you're in my same boat, Claire. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. I do have fewer brain cells probably than the, I did the last time I watched this show, so. I'm uh, into it. How about you? Who are you going to high five? Um, since I can't high five Elijah, I mean, I do want to high five Elijah's face with my face, but yes. I will high five Elena. Nice. Because she pulled some cool moves and she was really sassy to Stefan and I just like when Elena like pulls badass moves it doesn't yes. happen at least in the first couple seasons it didn't happen very often but it's starting to happen more now and I mm-hmm. like that side of her I'm like Stefan I'm like I've seen a change in you Elena you're stronger than yesterday <laughs> now it's nothing but her way 
I feel like I should high five Bonnie, but I always love Bonnie pretty much. And Elena was just like exponentially better than usual this week. Right. Yeah. So I gave it to I, her. I like that decision. And I agree with you. I, I would ha- high five Elena as well. Sweet. But on a darker note, why are men? The question we will always talk about, but never be able to fully answer. We already have talked about it so much, just in explaining the events of this episode. We, we sure have. So I would say one of the things that jumped out at me was small, but it made me so upset. So you were talking about when... Stefan and Elena are outside and she had just like finished picking out all of the wood from his heart. And he finally is like, I guess I shouldn't have kidnapped you. Sorry. And Elena (laughs) says, thank you. And she like, looks like so grateful for like the fact that he recognized that kidnapping her and traumatizing her was wrong. Yeah. And she just accepts like the lowest form of apo- like a basic non-apology from him and looks like so appreciative of it. I'm sorry you were offended that I kidnapped you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry if you felt that was inappropriate. And he's only sorry because she kissed Damon and he thinks that's why. Exactly. And like that's his motivation to apologize. The fact that basically Elena isn't his anymore right she kissed damon he thinks or actually damon kissed her so i don't know what the fuck do you think that she's talking now that i'm thinking about it do you think when she tells stefan that she kissed damon she's talking about from like a season ago because mm. i, I feel like stefan might have already known about that yeah i don't totally remember yeah. i feel like the she says it that way maybe because like, she's been having these moments with Damon, and she enjoyed kissing him, like, even if it wasn't her idea. Like, in right. her heart, like, she was in that kiss with him. Yep. Like, so maybe that's her truth. Yeah. So I guess it kind of makes sense. Right. But uh, also, like, taking on the responsibility for this man's actions. <laughs> I know, right? Good lord. Yeah, that was annoying. Stefan, like, Stefan is a lot more fun to watch right now unusual but he's also like really shitty a lot of the time absolutely it's like all his worst impulses and then we also had like the whole psycho case storyline right so we talked just about be crazy it. yeah yeah we talked about it like when they were at mystic grill and damon was like oh there's a lot of red flags you can't be smart and beautiful at the same time she has to be psycho Ugh. And also, like, the concept of a damaged woman. Like, you don't hear nearly as much people talking about a man being damaged because being damaged is, like, a sexy thing that makes a a woman want to fuck. Right. Like, how does that even, like, make sense? I feel like it's tied to the concept of daddy issues. Like, women cope with psychological trauma by, like, seeking the approval and company of men or something. Or, like, men use their trauma and vulnerability to exploit them. I don't know. It's gross, yeah. and I don't like it. It's super gross. And I it's feel super like, gross. kind of tangentially related, I kind of felt like Stefan was nagging Elena in that scene where he's like, you've changed. You're stronger. <laughs> like, before oh, you were yeah. such a weakling. Right. I, f- I felt that same way, too. And then I was like, well, if she's, like, strong now, like, what was so desirable about her to you before? 
when she he was like weak her. and super naive yeah that he could protect her that was basically like the only thing like he got like a boner because of her innocence yeah fuck that definitely and like the whole psycho case thing also pissed me off because the thing that almost pissed me off most of this whole episode was how she was like stealing blood from people so she actually like did end up being like wrong i wouldn't call it a psycho case but like then i was like oh i've been pissed off about them calling her a psycho case for the past two episodes but then she actually did something that was super inappropriate and breaking boundaries so it just kind of was like a self-serving like point i don't know it was a lot of complicated emotions happening for me about about this. Yeah. I think the one funny thing we can take from it is Damon saying, uh, if she's that hot and that smart, like, there must be something wrong with her. It's kind of a burn on Elena. Like, he doesn't have any concerns about Elena, but she's not smart. <laughs> That's, that is very true. <laughs> she's just hot. Just hot. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. I mean, that also sucks, but it's funny. Definitely. And then, of course, there's the Bill Forbes of it all. And all of the, my daughter this, my daughter that, I won't let right. you. Right, exactly. And that, like, Bill somehow has ownership over Caroline, even though he is not present in her life. And he also tortured her way worse than anything that Tyler has ever done. Yeah. Tyler had no control over his actions, like, literally. Right. And, like, he is actually sorry about it. And Bill's like, oh, well, maybe I maybe mistakes were made, but he like did it very much on purpose and isn't that sorry about it. Right. Like he's still mad that he got vampire blood because he hates vampires. So he hasn't really learned. No, he hasn't learned at all. And the fact that like Tyler felt that it was appropriate to involve her dad in order to get like back in her good graces, like. It's oh just so, it's just so gross. Do you remember the episode of How I Met Your Mother where, I think it's a Thanksgiving episode, where Marshall invites Lily's dad to Thanksgiving even though she doesn't want to see him ever again? Oh, yeah. The, and he's like the board game designer or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I get so furious whenever I think about that episode because the moral of the story ends up being like, oh, I really should forgive my dad because that random guy I was mad at died. And maybe my dad would die and I never forgave him. I'm like, if somebody, like, mistreats you and neglects you and abandons you and abuses you, like, you don't owe them forgiveness just because they're your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was unforgivable in my eyes that Marshall would go behind her back and be like, well, it's your dad, so you really need to have him back in your life. Because it's like, people who have uncomplicated relation, loving relationships with their parents... Sometimes just, like, cannot compute that not everybody had the same experience and that some parents are just irredeemable. And even if they're not irredeemable, like, it's still a valid choice to cut somebody out of your life who's, like, inflicted trauma upon you, even if they change. And you can't just make that decision based off of what you think would be best for yourself. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening with Tyler here. He's like, well, you know, I really need somebody's help and I'm going to have, like, there was no reason he had to bring Caroline into it. Like, he could have just done this with Bill, and, like, if it didn't work, she never had to know. And if it did work, he could, like, tell her after Bill left town. Like, Caroline did not need to see Bill for this to be a plan. 
That's so accurate, and I never even thought about that. It's super selfish on Bill's side and on Tyler's side that they even involved Caroline. It's, like, performative, and it only brings her, like, pain. Like, there's nothing good for her yeah. being involved in this at all. And then, like, they dragged her into it, and then they're like, oh, Caroline, you're too weak and frail to handle this grisly situation. Just go. I know. Oh <laughs> go Run away from this problem we created. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Bill. Yeah. So I think the only other thing that I wanted to bring up in Why Are Men is when Abby was saying that her losing her powers when she left Bonnie and the fact that they like grew weaker and weaker the farther that she got from Bonnie and the longer that she was away from her was like nature's way of punishing her for being away from her kid. And... This just really bothered me (laughs) for a multitude of reasons. And I guess I feel like I have to start with a caveat, which is also a problem that like (laughs) I am a mother and I love my son and I love being a mom and like I would never leave him. But that's not the case for everyone. And that's like not everyone's like experience with motherhood or perhaps like giving birth. Like there are plenty of people who perhaps like give birth and then like don't have a relationship with their child like for whatever reason and the fact that they implied that they were like being like somehow like biolog that abby was being somehow like biologically punished for being away from her child by losing her powers just really graded me the wrong way and to kind of like tie it back to why are men in the patriarchy it just kind of reiterates that fact that really women's like primary focus and purpose in life is like to have children and to like be present to raise children and there is so much more to life than having kids like truthfully again I love my son I love being a mom but you know I'm not saying like the situation was necessarily right but Abby had a chance to be a a new person outside of like motherhood And the fact that she was, like, demonized for doing so in that manner was just really sad to me. Yeah, and, like, she left knowing that Bonnie had a support system. Like, she was going to be raised. She was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And, like, the thing that she says about nature punishing her implies that it is a biological imperative that she want to stay with her child. Like, that is her, her nature. Nature dictates that she must be a mother. Yeah. And you never hear that for men. Like, men leave their children all the time, and it sucks. And it sucks that Abby left Bonnie, and, like, that is something that is relevant to their relationship and, like, her relationship, I guess, with Bonnie's dad. That, like, yeah, you've damaged that. Like, there are consequences to that that she has to deal with. Like, she can probably never have a relationship with her daughter, or at least not the one that she would like to have if she changes her mind later. But, like, she made this choice she's she lives with the consequences and she's just out there trying to live her life the best way she knows how now and like she hurt people and that sucks but sometimes that happens and when a man does it it's like oh men will be men like they're not as biologically linked to their children they're not the nurturers so as long as they have their mother they'll be fine and people don't like have any lasting anger except the people who are directly affected because it's just not expected that they will be as bonded to their child, which is the same reason that like people are surprised when men are equal caregivers in a parenting relationship. Like 
when men take their kids to the grocery store, they're like, oh, look at you, you're babysitting. Right, exactly. And yeah, and I'm not saying for sure, like not saying that like what happened like with Bonnie and Abby was ideal or right. But the fact that there is that like higher standard for women and the fact that there's this assumed like biological imperative that like women will be punished for leaving their children. Um, And like you said, not men are held to that standard at all. So yeah, like we consider it worse for a mother to leave her children than for a father. And that's fucked up. Right. It's like not a very nice thing to do for any human, but it's also not like the most grievous sin of all time. Like if you're going to leave your baby in a dumpster, well then yeah. But if you're going to leave your family and like the kid, you know, the kid's going to be fine. Like it's maybe a selfish decision, but sometimes you got to make selfish decisions. That's life. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like, I don't have anything else to say for Wiremen, or if I have, I've forgotten it. Yeah, I feel like we did a deep dive, and I hope that my feedback didn't come off, like, in a weird way. I oh. just, um, motherhood is, like, a very complex and nuanced experience, and I think that it's not, like, super positive for everyone. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just, when I hear things like that, it's just like, oh, come on. Come on, guys. We can we can do better for for mothers. No, what you said was good. I agree with all of it. Thank you, my friend. (laughs) Uh, So that brings us to our favorite, favorite segment of the episode. Yes. Uh, Who should have done it or who's going to do it? I forget what we usually say. Who should have done it? Who should have done it? Okay. Who Who should have done done it, Beth? Honestly, in this episode, I felt like no one should have done it. So I'm going to pick something super grotesque and say Bill and the Axe. Oh, God. (laughs) I know. I have no no further comment. That is my choice. I'm sticking to it. Yikes. I don't know how to follow that up. Apologies. (laughs) I mean, if you want to go figurative or, like, symbolic, then Elijah and ripping people's hearts out of their chests should have done it. But they did do it, so. They they did. (laughs) Uh... I mean, there's like a little glimmer of something with Bonnie and Jamie, but I feel, I'm not oh, invested. I'm not invested in that enough to to really have that be my pick. So I'm gonna yeah. say Bonnie and Elena because they went on a girls' road trip together, and Elena was being a supportive friend, and I just like when they hang out and are fun together. I love that choice. That's a nice one. That's a good counter action to um to my choice. So <laughs> it's basically the opposite. <laughs> It's also, I think, was my very first Who Should Have Done It was Bonnie and Elena. I was going to say, I feel like you had picked that before. Yeah. That's good. Oh, well, no, we ran out of segments. I know. That brings us to the end of the episode. I'm so happy. So this is the second one that we've recorded after a really long break and Mm -hmm. um, having such a good time chatting over these episodes with you, Claire. Yes, same. So if you want to reach out to us and send us any messages questions, comments, concerns, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD diaries and find us on various other, uh, like Facebook, whatever we're on. I don't remember. Beth, you know, our Instagram handle. Yeah. So we're the vampire diaries, diaries on Facebook. You can find our Facebook page there and on Instagram where the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And we always love to hear from everybody. 
We'd also love if you could rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us reach new listeners. Mm -hmm. And we also have an email address. Yes, if you'd like to send us an email, more uh, intimate, direct contact with us. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I want to send us an email. That sounds good. Please don't send us dick pics. Now they're going to send us dick pics. I know, I know. If you want to just send us pictures of Elijah looking hot, please do. But yes, if you would like to send us an email, it's thevddiaries at gmail.com. If you are going to include any spoilers in your email, maybe mention that in the subject line so Beth doesn't accidentally read it. Yes. And otherwise I will read it because I know everything except for all the stuff I've forgotten, like Elijah coming back in this episode. (laughs) And yeah, you can listen and subscribe and comment on SoundCloud and other podcast platforms. I feel like there are so many new ones since the last time we did this. And you probably know more about it than we do. So just find us. We're places. Absolutely. Oh, well, thanks, Claire. And thanks, everybody. And he's a rapper! Mozzarella.